In this episode of Monday Moments, we're talking about contentment, so sit back and stay tuned for more. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Monday Moments, the show in which we take a deeper dive into Sunday Sermon. My name is Travis, your host with me today is Pastor Jimothy. <laughs> uh, sorry, inside joke, Pastor James uh, here with us. And today we are talking about contentment, uh, as I mentioned in our introduction. Uh, it's a continuation of our First Things First series, which if you've not had a chance to uh, watch or listen to, you can do so right here on our YouTube channel on our website or wherever you get your favorite podcast. And this contentment, I would say, is a continuation of last week's yeah. sermon, talking about um, money, you know, from, you know, painting with a broad brush. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really, uh, you could categorize this as stewardship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I love this um, principle, I'll say, of contentment. And really looking at uh, the Lord as our provider Mm -hmm. and and whether he brings much or little. And and you you referenced that verse from Paul. I have learned Mm -hmm. the secret of being content in any situation. And it's just such an amazing um, principle for us to grasp. And and not just because we live in one of the most um, prosperous nations in history. Yeah. Um, but I think because, you know, when the Bible talks about the fleeting nature of money, yeah. it really is true. And so to really grasp and understand this principle of contentment, I feel like is such an amazing, um, beneficial, valuable, and really, um, uh, at, at the end of the day, it's a godly principle to really yeah. grasp and to really let it sink in. So I'm, I'm really excited to dive into yeah. um, today's discussion. <laughs> and, and as you know, um, I like to start with why, just yeah. like just like my my five year old daughter. Why? Why? Um, so talking about contentment, why is contentment um, important to God? Like, you know, uh, why why wouldn't God just say, hey, let me just provide for you all the time and you never, ever face or, or, um, feel lack in any way, whether it's finances, whether it's, you know, relational or or whatever the case might be, why is contentment so critical, um, and important? Yeah. So let's go all the way back to the garden. Um, so in, in the very beginning, Mm -hmm. um, everything was provided, you know, and so, um, the, really the, the, the critical, the critical mistake that we see Mm -hmm. in the garden was, um, Adam being convinced uh, by the enemy um, that that God was somehow withholding something from him, mm, yeah. and so all of a sudden there there begins to become this desire to say, well, um, I I deserve, yeah, I deserve what God is what God is withholding, and so um, thus we enter into original sin, and and this just gets extended out through yeah. through history. I mean to to all the way to today and, mm-hmm. and it will it will continue to be this way until um, you know as Revelation talks about the new heaven and the new earth that God yeah. comes and and remakes all of these things and um, and and so contentment really has everything to do with um, with with where do we where do we put our faith do we put our faith right. in my ability to do these things or do I put my faith in in God's ability to to give me what I need yeah. and and I think there's a big distinction because um, when, when we talk about, when we talk about what do we really need, do we trust God to give us what we need? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in, in today's day and age, again, we have more, um, we have more expendable income, mm-hmm. um, than, than, than any, 
than, than any society has ever has ever yeah. seen or known. Um, and and that's not to say that it's not at times still difficult and that we don't still struggle financially with things. But but all of a sudden, what we have done is we have we've we've taken this whole category of things that we really want that we would that we we feel like we need in our life, but really fall into this category of wants. And, and we begin to convince ourselves um, in, in a little bit of a way that we somehow deserve these things mm-hmm. and that if, you know, if God really loved me, he would do these things. And unfortunately, what has, been happen- what has happened throughout um, the, the history, primarily of the Western church, but yeah. there's, it, it, it happens outside of the United States as well, is that God somehow, um, God somehow cares about the same things that yeah. we care about. And so it's used to manipulate people. Hey, yeah, if you yeah. do this, then God is going to give you this. And right. it's like, no, God's promises that he is going to supply all of my needs mm-hmm. according mm-hmm. to his riches and glory. And, and, and I don't need a, yeah. I don't always need a new car. I don't always need a, a, a bigger house. I don't yeah. need all the name brand clothes, sure. but we've, we've, we've relegated God to this, yeah. this cosmic vending machine mm-hmm. that um, as long as we put in the right prayer, or we, we, you know, sow the seed brother. So yep. that, yep. that we're, yep. we're going to reap a harvest of our own desire mm-hmm. um, out of that. Yeah. And, and and it just gets perpetuated over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And so when it comes to contentment, you know, Paul has that. I have learned to be content, yeah. whether whether mm-hmm. in poverty, right? You know, which okay, so that that goes against the prosperity doctrine, the yeah. name it and claim it, all sure. of these health and happiness kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea that we could actually be in poverty and be in, be content, but he says, and also in plenty. Sure. And yeah, and yeah. and I think that that's as challenging of a deal because historically and and statistically, when you look, the more people make, the more people want. Right. And and so there's a there's a secret yep. to being content in all these things. And Paul finishes it there in verse 19. He says, you know, Philippians 4:19. Uh, I I have um, I, I have learned the secret to these things yeah. that my God shall supply all of my needs and i think it really comes down to the definition of um am i content with god supplying me with my needs Mm -hmm. um so well and it really echoes what jesus taught when you know jesus talked about um provision right he Mm -hmm. said you know don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear and he talked about you know solomon and all of his splendor the the lilies of the field you know the the birds of the air god provides for them um and I, it's so amazing that, you know, Jesus says, the Father knows you need these things. Yeah. He knows what we need. So don't worry about those things yeah. that you need because, um, you know, the Father will provide that. And yeah. I think it really does, just like you were referencing, you know, the the garden. Um, do we really know God and trust God to be who he said he would yeah. be? Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, the enemy just would love nothing more than to deceive us into yeah. thinking God is not really who he said he would be. And, and that brings up something interesting because you talked a little bit about um, there, there's many of us, and I'm paraphrasing, but there mm-hmm. are many of us who are walking around with a beggar mentality yes, yeah. um, instead of instead of the understanding of, you know, being a son or a daughter yeah. um, and referencing, you know, your story about Carson, <laughs> you know, having the, the debit card, you know, yeah. you tipped what? <laughs> um, but so how does that identity play into things? And, and I love, and um, we had someone ask us, uh, you know, how does giving tie into this whole series of discipleship? And one of the things that I 
um, in that conversation mentioned Mm -hmm. is going all the way back to the first message that you gave in the series, which was knowing God, knowing the builder. And, and if you don't know God, it can be really hard to trust him. Um, it can be really hard to trust him. And, and, and there's kind of, you know, um, being a, a foster parent, you Mm -hmm. know, our oldest daughter is adopted. You know, we saw that a lot, that kind of orphan mentality, um, of, I don't know where my next meal is going to come from. I don't know if my basic needs are going to be provided. So can you talk a little bit more about how that, that mentality of, of, you know, a beggar or that orphan mentality comes into play in all this? Yeah. So, um, had had some friends who who adopted they adopted a, a child that was a little bit older mm-hmm. um and there was always insecurity in sure. in in their home growing up and mm-hmm. this this um before before they adopted this one and so he said i, I noticed that the the first the the first couple of months that they were there um this this little child that they had adopted would would hide food in mm-hmm. their pockets and their clothes and they would um, they were always hoarding it, and if they could find some things, they would they would kind of hide those things in their room. And and he says it it, it got to be one of these deals where we were, felt like we were constantly addressing it. But the problem is that we weren't really addressing the root of the problem. Mm. And the root of the problem was that there was this fear that always said there wasn't going to be enough because yeah. that had been their experience. Yeah. And he says it really it required us to continue to reiterate to this mm. one we are always going to take care of you. Yeah. We're always going to make sure that you have food to eat and that you have clothes to wear. And he says it took a long time, but but we were eventually able to to work through mm. this this underlying fear. And I think that the beggar mentality comes from this fear that God is not faithful. Right. And and it 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 really challenges us to put him to the test because we're never going to understand the faithfulness of God if we don't give him an opportunity to be faithful. Exactly. And, and so for, you know, I, I told the story about Carson, but for my kids, um, not, not perfect. I, I have, I have failed them on too many occasions to count, but my, my goal, Mm. even as an earthly father has been to be faithful to my word. But yeah. to be faithful to my provision. And so they have grown up now. My, my daughter went and did something special. Uh, my, my daughter in college went and did something special with her friends the other day. And, and she called me and she said, um, you know, Daddy, can I have a little bit of money to go and do this? Now, she knows, she knows that I love her and she knows that if I have the provision, I want to be able to provide for her. Mm-hmm. And so there was a confidence. She didn't call begging. Mm-hmm. She didn't call, yeah. you know, fearful she yeah. called going i know that my daddy loves me yeah. and that if he has the if he has the the, the capacity sure. he wants to help me yeah. and and so moving from a from a beggar mentality to a son and a daughter mentality has everything to do with how we relate to god and, yeah. it, and it goes back to his That's word good. like i'm going to relate to god based upon what i know about god yep and and if i don't know the, the true God, if I only know the image that other people have given to me, mm-hmm. and if that image is off even just a little bit, and, yeah. and here's the thing, it can be off both ways. Sure. It can be off in the way that says, look, if if you have always been told that whatever whatever you ask of God, as long as you ask of it in his name, he's mm-hmm. going to give it to mm-hmm. you, guess what? God is going to appear to be unfaithful to you. Right. 
If you have been taught growing up that God is to be feared, um, not in not in the, the biblical fear standpoint, but if he's you know he's this scary guy that yeah. he's just out there to judge yep. you, he's about to do all of these different things, and and it doesn't matter what you need, he's he's not going to respond. Then then God is going to represent someone who's unfaithful to you. Yeah. But if you have a complete picture of who God says that he is in his word, and he talks about being a, a good father, he talks mm. about being one who supplies our need, he talks about one who's overcome already yeah. the challenges, then what you are going to experience is you are going to experience the faithfulness right. of the God of the Bible, mm-hmm. not the God of society, not the God that has been presented, which which is you know maybe true, maybe not true. Sure. But the God, according to his word, he will not mm. fail his word. Right. And, and and in order to do that, we, we have to not just know him, we have to we have to f- be be willing to trust in him yeah. in in areas that he would prove his faithfulness. And the more that we do that, it's mm-hmm. like giving the, the more that the more that we that we get confident in our giving because if he's leading us to it, he's gonna mm. he's gonna provide for us. And again, this is not a exchange your ten for a hundred kind yep. of a deal. It, yep. It's just, yep. but but to say, look, if Lord, if if you're leading me yeah. to it, mm-hmm. you're providing for it. Yep. And and the more that we do that, and the more that we see the blessing that comes, it's more blessed to give yeah. than it is to receive. Um, he will care for us. He will take care of us. He will he will multiply these things. All of these things that we see in His Word. The more that we do that. The greater the faith that we mm-hmm. have in Him, the more confidence that we have in Him as a Father, yeah. and and the more content we are in what He provides us. Yeah. For. So. Yeah. Well, and I loved in your message. You know, you you kind of mentioned that like don't let your misunderstanding mm-hmm. keep you from this principle. Yes. Don't let it keep you from yes. giving, even if you've got pain, if you've got yeah. misunderstanding, yeah. if you've got questions, if you've got fears, if you've got doubts, whatever the case might yeah. be, talk to God about it. Yeah. And and what an amazing, I, I think that is just such, one of the clearest ways I can think of to say, how amazing is our God yeah. that we can go to him with these struggles yeah. that we're having yeah. and have a conversation about it. Now yeah. we can still be obedient and say, God, I don't understand this. This is hard. This is scary. Whatever the case yeah. might be, but talk to him about that. Yeah. Our God is so faithful and yeah. so open that we can still come boldly before that throne to receive grace and mercy in that time of need. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just one of the, uh, such an amazing yeah. aspect of God's character. And just like you were, you were saying, it's that, it's that opportunity for a loving father to prove who he said he was going to be. Yeah. Um, so m- m- transitioning a little bit, yeah. we could talk about that so long because there's so many good things about that. But when you talk about living content, contently, mm-hmm. how do we do that um, practically? What does that look like on a you know daily basis or a you know weekly basis or monthly basis or whatever? You know how how do we live contently? What does that practically uh, look like? How does that play out? You know uh, beyond right like the you know, we're talking about the principle of contentment and we can yeah. read Paul's words and say, yep, I agree. That's a great statement. Okay. Well, how do, how do I actually do that? What, yeah. What's, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it's a, I think there's a, there's a lot of nuance, uh, to that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to that question. How absolutely. do we, how do we live contently? I, um, because I, I think that, um, I think it's situational at sure. times. Uh, I mean, not everyone is in the same situation, mm-hmm. and so it's it's easy at times to just go ahead and give a blanket statement to things. Right. 
not recognizing that there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are going there's on some in, that, gray. in that way. Not, yeah. 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 And 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 I don't even think it's so much gray as it you know, it's I think it can be black and white, but I think it can be black and white situationally. Well um, and you talked about grace being yes. a part of this. Yeah. Being a part of this process. Yeah, yeah. And so to to begin to take steps towards mm-hmm. contentment. Yeah. I am much more content now than I was ten years ago. Sure. Um I am um, I am much more confident now than I was um, ten years ago, and I think that the process towards contentment um, is is coming to this place of a constant reminder of 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 ultimately he owns everything, mm-hmm. and I am a steward yeah. of these things. Now, again, I I do not. Um, I, I don't think that God wants us to live in poverty. Sure. Um, I, I don't I don't yeah. think that's what being content is. I don't think that we have to take a, a vow of poverty and we have to divulge ourselves of, of or divest ourselves of all of our earthly possessions and yeah. live in a tent and you know, I I, I um I, I heard one guy say he's like in the beginning of my marriage I really felt like, you know, I, I've gotta I've gotta divest myself from mm. all these things. And so he says, I slept on the floor because I considered a mattress a luxury. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and he's yeah. like the Lord has dealt with me a lot in that in that area. Yeah, but but again, I think that contentment can look different for different yeah. people. Yeah, um, because I think that there's in every one of our lives, um, I would I would I would say that if we sat down and looked at it, there's probably areas of your life that you're more content than I am. That I I struggle with my contentment in that way, and there's probably areas in my life that I'm more content mm. in in certain things than mm-hmm. you are. And, and I think that it comes back to, if we go back a couple of weeks and we talk about worship, like what do we elevate? Yeah. What does it look like to be content? Because personally, I'm not a, I'm not a real possessions guy. Like mm-hmm. possessions don't, they don't really do it for me. I like nice stuff. Sure. I like to have it. But if everything in my life like burned up and disappeared, I'm like, I can get more stuff. Yeah. Like it, it just yeah. doesn't, I'm not super sentimental right. um, in, in that regard. And so possessions are not necessarily that thing for me, but there's other areas mm-hmm. that, that the Lord is still, he still challenges me. Yeah. And so yeah. when it comes to contentment, I think like, what are the things that I elevate in my life? Yeah. And, and Lord, yeah. am I, am I content with what you've given me? Or do I find my, do I find my thoughts, my time and my efforts consumed? Yep. By gaining more. Right. Now, what I could find is that if I shift those things, the Lord may actually give me those things. Sure. But but the question is not one of do I have nice things or things like that. The question is, Lord, am I content with what you've done in me? Or do I find myself striving continually in these different areas in order to to change that? Well, and you mentioned that that quote from Tim Keller. Mm -hmm. You know, it's amazing how... Yeah, your money follows whatever it's God is. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, as we were kind of discussing as a staff, that that quote, you know, it's amazing how freely our money flows to that which we love. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good starting point is to really even like you just pointed to is what are our thoughts and the longings of our heart yeah. constantly being drawn to or driven yeah. to and, and consumed it, by? I think it is as simple as this. There, there are most people, if you would, if you would ask people if they have a desire to be generous, um, I think that the majority of people would say, I'd, I'd like to be generous. Yeah, I, yeah. I wish I was more generous. Yeah. Um, I, I wish that I had more opportunity to do these things. 
but but here's here's the like here's the litmus test like let's sit down mm-hmm. um you know and i i joke all the time my, my girls you know occasionally uh one of my daughters when either my one is in town or my one on the way to school she's like daddy will you take me by to get get a drink from on the grinder whatever yeah it's like seven bucks i know <laughs> and, and there's like there's people that i look at and i'm like you do this every day every day i mean seven mm-hmm. times three <laughs> you had 20 210 dollars a month and and yeah and and again i'm not against it sure but if that is preventing you from being generous yeah what is it that you really value? Yeah. I'm not attacking your call. I'm kind of, I mean, but yeah, but, but, but at the same, (laughs) I mean, it's just the, it's the, it's the little things. Right. And and so if, if my, if my ultimate goal, if my highest goal is to Lord, I want to be more generous, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then I have to begin to value the things that are preventing me from generosity. Yeah. And, and I think that we, we would all be a little surprised. I mean, we, we try to sit down in our own, in our own yeah. home and we, we try to evaluate where our spending is going right? because we want to continue to be more generous. Right. Um, we, we already have it as a, as a principle, uh, generosity in our, in our home. And so whenever we can, you know, whenever we can say yes to something, we right. try to say yes that, Hey, we want to invest in that. We want to be a part of that. We want to bless this person. We want to do these different things, but our goal is to be more generous. Mm-hmm. And so we're always evaluating those things. Right. Like, are we spending too much of our, of our, uh, of our, uh, maybe our, our, our discretionary money in this place? And is it preventing us from doing what we feel like the Lord wants us right. to do? Right. Yeah. I mean, you talked about those, I think it was five uh, principles yeah. of disciples when it comes to being generous, generous. and, and yeah. giving. And, and, you know, I love some of the things they, they give regularly, they give yeah. um, spontaneously. Yeah. And so I want to piggyback off of that just a little yeah. bit. And I know we've got to wrap things up here pretty quick, but getting, and this is going to be very, very specific, okay. but, but very, very practical. What are some ways if somebody is listening to your message or mm-hmm. maybe to this and they say, I want to start making margin in my life. Yeah. Um, to be ready to yeah. be generous right now, whether that is a special, we take up special offerings yeah. from time to time, whether that is, you know, Hey, I, I want to buy someone's lunch, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the person behind me, I want to pay for the lunch yeah. or, or just a regularly increasing, whatever the yeah. case might be. What are some practical ways, um, that someone can walk away from, uh, yesterday's message, this conversation and say, I want to start making margins in this. Is it, is it something like, uh, you know, a Dave Ramsey course? Is it something like a budgeting app? And I I realize that this is very, very practical, very, very specific, but how would you encourage someone that says, I want to, I want to be, I want to make more margin, be more generous. What do I do? So, so super practical. And again, um, when, when we talk about the tithe, the tithe is a, is a, is a, it is a, a unit of measurement. It it meant the 10th. And so, um, so it, it becomes a kind of a, a, a guideline, a, a principle. It's, right. the, the tithe is a principle. It's not, a, it's not the, we're not under the, the law. Yep, yep. You know, I, I don't want to have to rehash all of that. Um, but, but I think that the way that most people look at their giving is they do everything that they want to do. They do everything that they're committed to. And then they look and see what's left over. Mm-hmm. Here would be my first challenge to you. Take what you have mm-hmm. and remove the first ten percent. Yeah, give that first. Yeah, and then look at your budget and figure out from the rest of your budget where you can make cuts. Right. 
Yeah. Because again, if 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 I came to you and I'm not going to, by the way, I just as as you oh, know, good. And said I'm going to reduce your income by ten percent. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would your family survive? Mm. Yeah. Would you find a way to make it? Yeah, absolutely. And so it it becomes a matter of of what's most important, right? And and again, this is not law, but if someone yep. was saying, "How would I do this?" I would yep. say, "I would I would start with the ten percent." Mm-hmm. Like I would just my, my my budget would start with that, and then I would figure out everything below below that. Yep. And and maybe you know, and 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 again, um, we my wife and I we have been doing this. Um, Kelly is is great with our budget. She's so good uh, with our finances, and has just been so diligent in that way. I'm so blessed in that way. Yeah. Um, and but over the years, again, we 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 kind of started there. But by God's grace, we have looked at that because our desire is to continually be more generous. Our desire is to, has been to increase that. So sure. we have been able to do that over the years. But then beyond that regular giving, it's like okay, well, we also want to make sure that we have margin for generosity. We want to yeah. have margin for these certain things. And so we we constantly look at that and and we start with that number. We say, well, we want to be able to say that we can that we can be generous with this amount of money a month. And so we we put that at the top of our budget. And say, okay, this this portion is unavailable. We have this portion mm. remaining mm-hmm. to do everything else. Yep. To pay our bills, to do all of this. And so what you then begin to find is it's like, oh, wait a second. When I do this first, mm-hmm. my my tithes, my offering, my generosity, when I put that column at the top, I I, I suddenly figure out yeah. how to do everything else yep. below that. Now, I said yesterday, and again, no condemnation. You may be in a position where uh, financially there's uh, maybe there's been some mistakes or, or there was just a, a lack of education early on, and you kind of find yourself in this place. Here, here's what I would do. I would still, I would encourage you to begin in those same ways and and to work those things out. And if, if those things are not working out, then, then really begin to take those things before the Lord and ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have for me? If Lord, if this is if this is the place that I'm hoping to get to, how do I begin to make steps yeah. now? And I think that the best way to do that is to begin is to begin to make regular investments into the kingdom of God. Yeah. Regular investments. And and if you are if you're listening to this and, and you're not a part of um, you're not a part of, of Freedom Fellowship Church. You're part of another church somewhere else. Um, I want to say first and foremost, please don't 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 invest in Freedom Fellowship. Invest in where you're being fed. Yeah, like that is so critical that we that we we. We're we're going to we're going to serve at the table that we feed, yeah. And and so if you're a member of Freedom Fellowship, thank you so much. Um, but if you're watching this and you're a member of another church, man, invest in your local church. Like be a part of what they are doing. It, it's such a rewarding thing. But but make a make a make a make a plan yeah. in your own heart to say we're gonna we're gonna begin to walk these things out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I. You know, part of the reason I ask that is because I'm kind of fall into that category where yeah. I am not great with numbers. You yeah. know, um, I'm the creative arts director because I like colors and shapes. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I don't do the numbers, so yeah. I, was, I was very blessed. But how this is full of play-doh and, yeah, exactly. and balloons, so. <laughs> and glue and yeah, markers and yeah. things. Um, but you know, I find that uh, you know practical steps like yeah. that can can be very helpful. So um, I know we're we're basically out of time. Thank you for yeah. taking some time to dive into this. Um, really 
uh, somewhat challenging, but extremely beneficial yeah. topic, um, uh, uh, principle of contentment. And uh, thank you for joining us for another episode of Monday Moments. We hope that you got something out of this. If you did, please share that with us however you can, because we always love to hear feedback. As always, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Monday Moments, and we will see you next week.